खिलाफत के अमी हम हैं अमानत हम संभालेंगे जो नेमत छिन वी बिलीव इन इक्वेलिटी ऑफ ह्यूमन बीइंग्स इन द रूल ऑफ लॉ एंड वी आर अगेंस्ट ऑल टाइप्स ऑफ ऑपरेशन वेलकम टू द एमकेए यूएसए वाइब रन बाय मजलिस खुदामल अहमदिया यूएसए America's oldest and largest Muslim male youth organization. We're here to share a weekly recap of the latest in Friday sermons, speeches, lessons from our respected imams and wisdom from different sources. Khalifa ke labon se jo gulo jo har bikharte hain. Shaitan aur Jeem, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Um can everyone hear me? السلام علیکم ورحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ ام اٹس ا پلیجر اینڈ پریویلج فار می ٹو بی ہیئر اینڈ سو آئی جسٹ لائک ٹو سی جزاک اللہ ٹو سدر صاحب فار انوائٹنگ می اینڈ اٹس نائس ٹو سی ا لاٹ اف فیملیئر فیسز سم نیو فیسز ایز ویل وچ ایز ون اف دی بیوٹیز اف خدام الحمدیہ دیٹ ایز پیپل پروگریس تھرو خدام دیز آلویز نیو پیپل اینڈ نیو فیسز who start coming through and making people like me feel really old. But Khudam uh, Al-Amdi, even though ever since I've been uh, working as a Waqf Zindagi, or serving as a Waqf Zindagi, I should say, I uh, have been working in the Murkas, the center. But uh, I did, a long time ago, probably 16, 17 years ago, spend a few years as the guide in Hartlepool. And um, even though it was two or three years, I realized, and especially now looking back, that it was very, very invaluable training. And I learned a lot. I was probably about, Zakala, about uh, 20 or 21 at the time. But a lot of the lessons that I learned about how to deal with people, how to encourage people, I learned quite a lot at that time. So wherever you were all guides, and I think the majority of people here are, are, are the guideen, you should not take your role lightly in any sense whatsoever and always seek to learn to improve yourselves and also of course those around you um with the grace of allah i've had the fortune to work with or serve under hazur for the last uh, 11 or 12 years nearly 12 years and it's been a complete education i can say to see the way that Hazul works himself and the way that he likes and expects the office bearers of the Jamaat to serve as well. And uh, I've seen how Hazul interacts with other people, how he treats other people. I've seen how much he respects and values the Nizam of the Jamaat. And um, on a personal level i've seen how hazur has trained me over the course of a number of years and uh, i mean when i joined uh, as a waqf zindagi or had the opportunity to join as a waqf zindagi i didn't really know much about the jamaat's nizam that much i had served a little bit in khudam al-amdiya but that was about it so i knew a little bit about khudam but not about the wider structures of the jamaat and how everything links with one another So I'm going to tell you a few things 
about my experiences working with Hazur in the way that I've seen Hazur work. And then uh, afterwards, uh, if anybody has any questions, I'll be glad to take them. So the sub, can I just confirm the timings? Uh, this is till 10.30, this group? Um, so I'm just going to continue this. Uh, just oh, so just one group. Okay, perfect. Exactly. I'm going to, uh, before I did work, I did uh, work in 2006 and I started working for the Jamaat in 2007. But a couple of years before that, I moved to London for studies and then later on for work. And during that time, I got to see Hazul quite frequently. And uh, I was a young uh, person, 21, 22. And um, it was a I used to see Hazul about once a week back then. And it was always my style to be a little bit, not fr uh, I, I would never say frank, but I used to try and tell Hazur a few jokes, or I used to try and tell Hazur a few light things, because I used to think that Hazur has so much uh, serious work going on that if I can lighten in some way, then uh, I would like to do that. And Hazur uh, never seemed to mind this. In fact, Hazur used to encourage me a little bit. This is before work, and uh, Hazul used to joke and tease me a little bit back in return. And this was actually one of the things that used to motivate, that really motivated me to do work. That I wanted to spend more and more time because as that time was passing, my own attachment and love to Khilafat was growing and I felt that inside me. And um, so, that, so then it so happened, then I, I requested Hazul's permission and I wrote to Hazur that I want to serve the Jamaat full-time as a Waqf Zindagi. And after a few months, Hazur appointed me to the press office. But one thing I noted at the time, that after I started serving for the with the Jamaat, my relationship with Hazur changed instantly. And it wasn't me who changed it. It was definitely was Hazur. For those first 12 to 18 months, I saw that Hazu's tone with me became quite serious and quite firm. And um, quite often, at that time, I used to come back home at night and think, have I done something that's upset Hazur? That I thought that after I've done work, I would be even more close to Khalifa Waqt. But before, Hazul used to joke with me, he used to tell some light things, and he used to seem to enjoy the company to some, to some degree. But now, Hazul's become a lot more reserved. And um, then, after a few more months, in uh, 2008, Hazul went to Ghana and Nigeria and Benin as part of his Khilafat Centenary tours. And I wasn't expecting this at all in the slightest, but one day I got a message from Private Secretary Saab that Hazur is taking you with him as part of his gafla on this trip. And I was the, probably the most junior Waqf Zindagi in the whole Jamaat at the time. And so I was completely stunned. And I remember thinking that now, perhaps during these three weeks, I'll be seeing Hazur every day that relationship of love I, I will start witnessing again. And, and uh, I will get that nearness that I had been desiring and perhaps expecting once I had done work. But uh, those three weeks, 
went by and during the three weeks Hazu didn't speak to me once except for on the second last day of the tour for 30 seconds Hazul called me in uh, we were in Nigeria and he Hazul just very matter-of-factly said that I didn't bring you here because you're the, the press secretary of the Jamaat I just brought you here for training and that was the only words Hazu spoke to me on that trip and this period, and of course, my, in a work sense, Hazu would guide me very kindly and lovingly throughout that time. So I don't want to give that impression that in my work, Hazu did guide me a lot. But in that personal respect, I felt a little bit of distance. But then gradually, after about a year or 18 months, that period turned into a new period where I started seeing the love of Khalafat and the and Hazul treated me with even more love than he had ever treated me before and I felt the kindness and love of Khalafat even more than I had hoped and expected and now I sometimes reflect on that period and even sometimes I used to think that was there something that I did that had upset Hazul but I think, and this was my conclusion, that rather Hazul was sending me a message and it was, it was part of his training for me. That before you were just a Khudam, a Khadim, but now you were a Waqf Zindagi. Now your duty is full-time to the Jamaat. And so Hazul was showing me that now you have to take your responsibility seriously. And it really served me as well, for example, that Africa tour, one thing I learned on that, which was a very good lesson to me for future, was that when Hazul goes to a different Jamaat, or goes to see anybody, he is there for the local people. Hazul's priority is always the local members of the Jamaat. If any of us from here or his staff are fortunate enough to be with him, our job is only there as a, as a support if Hazul needs anything. But we have no value, we have no role in ourselves. And I think it was when I became, Hazur got the uh, feeling that I was understanding this, that that's when he started showing the love and the kindness. So anyway, I think for all members of Qudam as well, especially the Qayyadeen, it's something that you, you will have your ups and downs. You will have periods where you are enjoying your work. You will have tough periods where you might think that from the center there's been some sort of severity or some sort of uh, thing that you're not quite sure, but it's always important to show humility and patience at that time. Another lesson, just a very small lesson from the beginning of my, uh, the training that I received. When uh, I did uh, work in 2007, after about, um, I hadn't even started working in the office, but Hazul said, I want to send you to Qadiyan, and I want you to get training in Jamia there. So when Hazul gave me this instruction, I started going th the same day checking out visa processes. I started looking for tickets. The next day, 
I saw Hazur and I told him, I said, Hazur, uh, I found out about my visa process. I found out about the tickets. And Hazur just looked at me and he said, who told you to go and do that? And so I said, Hazur, you the, said you were going to send me. Hazur said, yes, I told you I was going to send you, but I didn't tell you to go and do all of this process. And Hazur said that this should be your first lesson that often I give guidance and instructions step by step. And it will be good for you, and it is the way you should follow, that you always wait, and only go as far as I have told you to do. <coughs> Never try and go beyond that. There is only blessings if you stay behind your Imam. And um, we often hear this, uh, um, that the Imam is a shield for us. And that's something that I've learned more and more, especially in the media work over the past few years, that if you stay within the limits of the guidance that Hazur has given you, then your work will always be blessed. There's no doubt about it. But when you start thinking of yourself, that I've got some intelligence, I'm clever, I can do something on my own initiative, that's where invariably you make mistakes. That's where I've made many mistakes as well. When I came back from Qadian in 2007, I spent about three months there. Hazu wanted to send me for six months, but um, the visa we only could get for three months, so then I came back after three months. Then um, during the absence, the person who was in charge of my office his name was Malik Khalil Sahib. He had passed away during that period. And so when I came back, I was like waiting for whoever's going to be the in charge of my office, who's going to be my new boss. And I got a letter from Tabshir after a couple of weeks saying that Hazur has appointed you as the in charge of the office. And this, I was, I was genuinely, I was stunned. I was only 23 or 24 at the time. And so I, I didn't really know what my role entailed. I didn't know what my work was. And uh, I just used to go to the office and if I had a, a little bit of work here or there that I understood, I would do it. The rest of the day, I would probably read a few books or I might meet other people in the office, but I didn't really have any routine for those first few weeks. Of course, I should have gone to see Hazur or wrote, written to Hazur, but uh, just in my inexperience, I just continued going to the office and just following this, my own routine, for a few couple of weeks. Then one day, I got a call from the private secretary that Hazur is calling you, and so you should come for daftari mulaqat, for an official mulaqat. So I went for the official mulaqat, and um, I went into Hazur's office, and he said, Kya what have you brought? And I was really confused again, because Hazur had called me, I just assumed that Hazur would be telling me everything that I need to know. And so I didn't have any agenda, I didn't have anything to present to Hazur. And uh, so then I thought that Hazur's just going to say Kijao, and it's going to be really embarrassing that I just walked in Hazur's office and five seconds later Hazur's sending me out. But um, Hazur was uh, kind actually, and then he explained it to me, and he said that in your office you're young, you probably don't know what to do. So I'm going to give you one instruction and remember this forever. 
and that is, is that if you ever in your whole career or your whole time as a wakfa zindagi have a question, don't ask anybody else, only ask me. And that was Hazu's most gracious instruction that I've ever received and which I take benefit of until this day. And then literally over the next year, year and a half, I can say that Hazu showed me and taught me the, the very, very basics of how to run an office. I would get emails from or letters from different jamaats or from people uh, in the different offices and I would have no idea what to respond to them, how to write to them. And so I would take the emails literally, even some base, very basic emails, and I would say, Hazur, I received this email. And despite being so, so busy, Hazur would say, okay, this person has sent you an email, so this is what you should reply. And Hazur would dictate an email, and the only thing, instruction he would say, he, he would say, don't tell them that I told you this, uh, that, and I wrote this email for you. This is from you. And so then I would take the email, uh, go out of the office, and I would type up the email or the letter, send it, and then the next time I would go f and see Hazur, he would ask that, did you send the email? And I would say, gee, Hazur, I sent it. And he said, did they reply? And uh, so then he w and I would say, yes, Hazur, they did reply. And he would say, what would they reply? And then some of the times Hazur would be satisfied with their reply, and he would say, it's fine. But then there would be other times where Hazur would say, no, this isn't a good enough response. Now you should go back and write this to them. And each time Hazu would say, just don't tell them that I'm the one who's dictated it. And sometimes at that initial period, there would be very, very senior members of the Jamaat who there would be some sort of correspondence with. And Hazu would tell me to write quite strict emails to these people who were in age 40 or 50 years senior to me. In terms of experience, they had many lifetimes more experience than me. People who I look up to since I was uh, a small child. And so it was very, very difficult. And sometimes Hazu would, I, I would see that he could see the nervousness, but he would still tell me, you have to send it. And he would always reiterate, and it's from you. Don't mention that I've dictated this. And again, when I reflect on that period, I think of that A, Hazu was wants his khudam to be strong. He wants them to be courageous. Where there's a principle, he wants them to take a stand for what is right. And from the other perspective, at the beginning, people in other offices may have thought that this is a young guy. He doesn't know what he's doing, or he, they might have had these type of feelings. But soon, because the emails were written by Hazur, so they were very, very comprehensive emails, even if they were going in my name, so it automatically enabled other offices to start respecting our office. And so that was part of the genius of Azur. That on the one hand he was making me strong, but also he was making my department stronger. And this is something that he does, and he has done with me, because I've got personal experience. But I know he does it with all the jamaats, all the departments. That Hazur takes a personal interest in them. And it's very, very much true with Qudam al I've traveled to a lot of countries with Hazur. Hazur meets the Amlas, he meets the um, Kodam, Ansar, Lajna, the National Amla. Hazur always gives a lot of attention and a lot of time to Khudam al Even in America, 
because whose meeting with Qudam al started at, uh, I think, about quarter past one. And the time for namaz was uh, at two o'clock. And Hazrat was very uh, strict in terms of namaz. But because the Qudam, uh, the Amla had questions, that meeting went on till about quarter past three. So namaz was delayed. And Hazrat rarely, rarely delays namaz. But it was because... And it was a sign of how seriously Hazu takes Qudam al and the role that all the Amla members have and all the Qaideen have. Another thing that I've seen and appreciated a great deal throughout my service is that Hazur, I have seen, always protects the dignity and the honor of the people who are serving Jamaat. I've been admonished or told off by Hazur in the sense that, that something I've been doing, I've not been doing in the right way. And sometimes Hazur has been quite upset over certain things over the times, more times than I wish to remember. And sometimes it's clear that Hazul was not happy with something that I've done or some of the work that I've done. Those periods, obviously, on a personal level, were very, very tough and upsetting. But I knew Hazul was upset with me. He knew that he was upset with me. But not a single other person knew. Hazul the way he, again, protects the dignity and honor. And this is something that all of you should make sure that if you ever see something in your amlas or in your khudam that you don't appreciate or you think that can be better, then don't t t tackle them in a way that can embarrass them or humiliate them. Do it in a private setting and do it with a sense of love and guidance in a sense to try and help your brother. Not in the sense that I'm a, in a superior position, I have the authority to speak to you in this way. When you start speaking like that, that's a sign of your own weakness. And another thing that I've seen is that if Hazur has ever expressed his displeasure at something that I've done, then as long as I've had the attitude that I've accepted that the mistake was mine and I've learned from it, then I've seen almost within moments even that Hazu's displeasure turns to and transforms into his love again. And it's as though I never made that mistake. It's not that Hazu actually forgets it and his heart towards you is completely cleansed. There's been so many occasions that on many occasions, I've been in Mulaqat with Hazur, and at the beginning of the meeting, Hazur has told me that I did something wrong, or that my team did something wrong, which for, of course, which I'm responsible. And five or six minutes later, Hazur takes out something out of his drawer, whether it's some chocolates or something else, and he hands them to me. And he says, you'll be happy, or something like this. So the thing is, is that on the one side, Hazu's guiding you, and then two or three minutes later, he's exhibiting his love again. And so again, that's a lesson for Qaideen, and for all the people, office bearers of the Jamaat, 
that if somebody does something and you have to speak to them or you have to guide them, don't never ever hold a grudge. There is no, just show them more love. And the result of that is always that people then become more loyal to you. They want to help you more. They want to serve you more. That's why we all love Khilafat. That's why we all are ready to die for the sake of Khalifa Waqt. Because we've seen his love, we felt his love. I've spoken uh, somewhat about Hazu's training of me. I think uh, another thing, key aspect to mention is Hazu's own commitment to work, his schedule, his example. And I think it's not something that I need to spend too long on because everybody knows, especially people here in London, the way Hazur works, the way Hazur serves the Jamaat. But still, I'll mention a few things. One point, uh, I mean, I don't need to remind any of you, I'm sure all of you will be aware, but on a personal level, I've never ever, and I can say this hand on heart, seen a single person in the world whose work efforts and Lord come close to that of the way Hazul works. He is the most dedicated, devoted person and in this way he is truly leading by example. And Hazul wants anyone who's in a position as an office bearer or somebody who's in a more senior position to lead by example to the people who are his subordinates. Recently a circular went in MTA and I serve in MTA as well as uh, in the news department. And it said that all wakfas in the Gies, or all full-time workers of MTA, should work 11 hours a day. This was an instruction from Hazur. And it said that the only exception are the heads of the offices. They should work 12 hours a day. And Hazur said that he would want to report as well from the, the uh, from from MTA to make sure people are observing these. So the thing is, is that 11 hours a day. Most people in in the Western world, you'll see them working nine to five, five days a week. But um, I mean, workers in the geese and full-time workers, a they were told that you have to work six days, which is uh, a standard in the Jamaat. But also 11 hours a day at least for the general workers, and 12 hours for the people who are the superiors or the in-charges. So again, in your, if you, most of you are Qaideen or members of National Amla or regional Qaideen, don't ever follow the attitude that we can just delegate everything to our Amla or to the Qudam and then we'll just sit back and just watch it like an administrator. Rather, you should be working in the field with your teams and making sure that you're there before they get there and you're the last one to leave. That's the example that Khalifa Waqt has given us. And if you work in that spirit, then your team, again, they respect you automatically. They value your leadership and they want to work and serve even more for you. It's just natural, it's human psychology. Hazur just came back a, a few weeks ago, as all of you know, from America and Guatemala, from the United States and Guatemala. And it was an extremely, extremely 
hectic and busy tour. The first two weeks were non-stop travel and non-stop work especially. Hazur arrived on uh, Monday at the mosque from after a long flight from here about 11 p.m. Finally, he arrived at Betar Aman their time, which was about 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning UK time. The next morning, he was doing an inspection of the mosque. The next afternoon, he was meeting MDs in Mulakats. The morning after that, Hazoo traveled to a different city, Philadelphia, where he spent two or three days and opened the mosque and had a reception and met many MDs. The next day, Hazoo went to Baltimore, another city, opened a mosque there. The same evening, Hazur went back to Washington. The next morning, Hazur, very, very early in the morning, left Washington and flew to Houston, and, uh, which was an all day, took all day, and then in the evening, again, work. The next morning at 7 o'clock in the morning, Hazur left his residence, flew to Guatemala. In Guatemala, Hazur was there for less than 48 hours opened the hospital, met so many MDs, flew back to Houston, spent a couple of days there, and then went, flew back to Washington. It was only when we got back to Washington that we had four or five days at the end, or five or six days, where there was uh, less travel. Now, just the travel schedule was more than enough to make most of us completely exhausted. But Wherever Hazul went, straight away, his meetings would start, whether it was with politicians, external people, whether it was meeting MDs in Mulakats, whether it was opening mosques or hospitals. It was completely, completely exhausting just to watch. Before Hazul went to America, the um, American Jamaat proposed that when Hazul goes to Guatemala, it's the first time he's going there, there is a very, very beautiful lake, which is a couple of hours away from the mosque. So Hazur, two days would be of work, but they thought that for two days, or one night, but, but two full days, Hazur could go and visit this lake, which is very, very historic and one of the wonders of the world. When the program came to Hazur, the first thing, he went through it, and he crossed that two days out. He said, if I go there for two days, then that's two days less meeting the MDs and doing my Jamaat duties. Now again, that's the spirit with which Khalifa Waqt is working, that he is sacrificing the type of pleasures that all of us humans, we would like at some point in our lives, if you go all the way to Central America, but you don't see a thing, and you just only, the only thing you see is the mosque or the hospital you're opening. Some people, normal people, you both feel some sense of regret but that's Hazur's own choice because his duty and his desire is only to please Allah. And for that, he's willing to sacrifice every single personal need. Then when Hazur returned from that tour, we got back to Masjid Fazl about half past 12. <coughs> Myself, it was an overnight flight. I was extremely tired. I went home. The rest of the Kafla members all went home. 12.30, 1 o'clock, Hazur was in the mosque to lead namaz. Then after, later on, Hazu told me, he said he, after namaz, he went up, he had lunch, he rested for about half an hour, 45 minutes. And then Hazu came to his office around 3 o'clock. And Hazu said that from then on, almost non-stop, 
he sat in his office till midnight. I think the only time he took for break was for namaz and a short break for his evening meal. And he was just going through the files that had built up in his absence. The next day again, Hazur was back in the office uh, serving just the same whilst the rest of us recovered from the uh, arduous tour. I remember when we went to Japan in 2015, it was a 12-hour flight to Japan, and then we were only in Japan for about five or six days, and we flew all the way back to London. And I've never personally experienced jet lag like that before in my life. I felt the effects of it for about two to three weeks after the return, that sometimes I would just be sitting uh, or in the, at my desk or at my... Uh, or at home, and I would just randomly fall asleep. I had no control over it. But again, I remember Hazu telling me that the afternoon that we returned from Japan, after a short break, he went back to his office. And Hazu told me, he said that sometimes whilst he was working for the next few days, even he would sometimes, while he was sitting, fall asleep for a, a moment or two because of the jet lag, because of the exhaustion. But unlike the rest of us who went and took a little bit of a time to ourselves, Hazu would continue to work and probably take some water or some tea and then just continue and uh, refresh himself. Another thing I wish to mention, I think it's quite important, is efficiency of work. Again, uh, a lot of us can um, waste a lot of time, to be blunt and uh, we can uh, spend uh, a, lot, a lot of times I've seen, and I, I, I do this myself as well, that if you initially get a project for a few days, you'll be very, very working hard on it, but soon the momentum might lessen and you might start uh, becoming a little bit slower and the, pro the, the thing can drag for an unnecessary amount of time. Again, our example should be Khalifa Wakt. I was talking to somebody in Qadian, who's from Qadian, who came to the UK Jalsa this year. And he was telling me that he would send a monthly report to Hazur on the 11th or 12th of every month of his department. He was there, I think, in Wakfinan. And he said it was nothing urgent, just a standard report. And he said that if I send it on the 11th from Qadian, on the 12th, without fail, it comes back with Hazur's comments on it, Hazur's instructions. And he says the way Hazur has been through and commented on it, you can see that Hazur hasn't just skim read it, Hazur's been through it in detail. And he said that he knows in Qadian that there are dozens of departments who write to Hazur in that same way, there are sometimes daily reports, sometimes weekly reports, sometimes monthly reports. Invariably, it comes back the next day, no matter what, without fail. And Qadian is one Jamaat. There's more than 210 Jamaats in the world. And Hazur is going through the mail and correspondence of all of these Jamaats. <coughs> Apart from that, of course, there's so many personal letters that MDs are reading, uh, ascending, sorry, more than a thousand a day on most days. Hazur's leading the Mazen. He's preparing his speeches. He's doing his addresses. Genuinely, when I see Hazur's workload, 
and I see how he works, I struggle to comprehend it, that how is it possible? And again, it's day after day, it's relentless. The rest of us, if we have some busy periods, a week, perhaps if the Qudamishtama is coming up or the Jalsa is coming up, then you will be working hard for a couple of weeks. But then afterwards, you're going to go and probably crash or relax and spend two or three days with your family and your friends, unwind. But for 15 years, Khalifa Waqt has sacrificed even those moments for the sake of the Jamaat. So if Hazur is able to accomplish his work in such a blessed way, then again, in our small, small levels across the country, then we really have no excuse for time wasting and delay. Another thing that uh, I want to mention just before I wrap up is that we should always try to be as kind and considerate. I mean, it's, a, it's, it's, it's nothing new, I'm telling you. But again, this is based on the, the personal example of Khalifa work that I've seen. Make time for others. If people have needs, seek to fulfill them. I remember in Australia, Again, it was a very, very busy tour with a lot of travel. And one afternoon, at a, six o'clock, they were going to hold an Amin ceremony in which all the children who had finished the Quran in the recent past were having the opportunity to have their Amin with Hazul, similar to how you have it in London as well. And the time schedule was six o'clock. All morning, Hazur had meetings. By the time of namaz had finished, it was three or half past three in the afternoon. And it had been a long day, so Hazur was going for his lunch and to, uh, back to his residence. As Hazur was walking to his residence from the masjid, this man came running from the side. And the security people, Hazur's security guards, became quite nervous that who is this person who is running? and chasing, and he was shouting, Hazur, Hazur. And then Hazur looked back, and Hazur, he said, Hazur, you must lead the Amin ceremony of my child. So Hazur uh, said to him that uh, today in the afternoon, the Amin ceremonies are at six o'clock, so you can bring your child then. The man said, Hazur, we have to go back We've got to fly back and we have to leave from the masjid by five o'clock of half past five, so we will miss that. And by this point, the security guards, private secretary Saab, myself as well, we, will get, we were becoming a little bit irritated that Hazul has such a short break and now this person is coming from the side and is persistent. Hazul's already said to him to come at six, but he's saying that, no, you should come at... Uh, uh, Hazul, I have to leave early, so you should still meet my son. But obviously he was in communication with Hazur, so we, we couldn't interfere. Hazur just said to him, Hazur said, come to my house in, in 10 minutes. So Hazur then, and, and, and Hazur said, bring your son. Then Hazur went into his residence. Very, very quickly, in 10 minutes, Hazur ate his lunch. Then Hazur came back outside and at the doorstep of his residence, he led the Amin of that boy. And afterwards, the father was very, very emotional. The child was overjoyed. 
you could see that this was a moment that they were going to remember for the rest of their lives, I'm sure. But the lesson I learned, and the thing that sticks with me, is just how huge and loving the heart of Khalifa Wakt is. That if he has a f half an hour of his own time or an hour of his own time, if there's a young boy or a young girl or anybody in the Jamaat who needs him, he's always there for them, no matter what. <coughs> I remember in Canada in 2015, Hazur had a very long session of mulakats. There was family after family. And there was a young girl who traveled with her family. I think the girl was seven or eight. But her family were not included in the mulakat list. There was just no room. The, the list was full. And so the girl was on the Lajna side. She was crying. And her, her mother and the Lajna people who were working in the mulakat office tried to console her, but she wouldn't stop crying. So then they sent her to the men's side, to the private, and the, and the, uh, because they just uh, they didn't know what to do, because she just, it was over half an hour, she was just in floods of tears. When she came to the men's side, again, the office staff tried to console her, tried to explain to her that Hazur is so busy that it's just not possible because the list is full. But again, she was in a very despairing manner. She was crying. So then the private secretary said to her, he said that, why don't you do this, that stand outside Hazur's office, and when Hazur comes out, then you'll be able to see him, at least, and you can wave to Hazur. And that will be something. And when she heard this, she settled down. And she said, okay, that's, uh, I mean, that, she was happy with that. So she went and she stood outside Hazur's office for about 40, 45 minutes. I think when the final mulakat went in, private secretary Saab must have mentioned to Hazur that there's a girl outside who's waiting, and when Hazur goes out, she wants to wave to Hazur. When private secretary Saab came out, even though, again, the mulakats had overrun, he called the little girl in. He said, Hazur is calling you. And then private secretary Saab came out, and then Hazur spent two or three minutes just on a one-on-one -on -one meeting with this young girl who had expressed such a desire to see her. And two or three minutes later, she came out with chocolates and gifts from Hazur, beaming. And again, you could see that she would never forget this moment. And again, the rest of us who were there, we also were amazed that the respect and love that Khalifa Wakt has for every single member of the Jamaat, this is a young girl. And still, because he knew that she was upset and she desired to see him, Hazur gave her his precious time. <coughs> Just finally, just I think uh, I want to mention a few uh, incidents or points which I think can help Khudam. One is, is that I've always seen that Hazur is not, I think probably the word I'm looking for is rigid, in that Hazur understands that people are different. Everyone has different temperaments. Hazur's overriding goal is that every single person should remain attached to the Jamaat. If there are people who are distant, then they should be brought closer. And if there is somebody who's distant who has some problems with the administration, it's very, very easy to treat them in a way that they will become completely alienated from the Jamaat and just go off and live their lives independently. 
but Hazoo wants us to take every single opportunity to protect and look after the members of the Jamaat, even if they're involved in things which they shouldn't be involved in. I remember in Canada, there was an AMLA meeting, not an AMLA meeting, sorry, a missionaries meeting. All the missionaries of Canada met Hazur. And one of the young missionaries told Hazur that there was a Qadim 2021. He'd been banned from coming to the mosque because he was known to take uh, marijuana. And I think uh, perhaps he, I don't know, but I think the part of the story was that also that he was encouraging other Qudam in this way. And when Hazur heard this, he said to the Marabi, he said that to ban him is wrong. If you ban him, he's just going to continue in that cycle. He's going to get worse and worse. Who knows where it will end? Who knows which other people he will influence? And then Hazur said to the Marabi, it's your personal responsibility to bring him to the mosque. But at the same time, you should always be with him when he's at the mosque to make sure he doesn't influence other people in the wrong way. And if you can't be with him, then you must make sure that there's a responsible person who is with him, who doesn't judge him, doesn't treat him in a bad way, but tries to reform him, tries to guide him. But all, again, at the same time, Hazu is also worried about all the other khudam, that they don't get negatively influenced by someone bad. So that's why he said that make sure that there's somebody who can be there to keep an eye on everything. So again, I think that's something important for Qaedeen as well to remember. That if there are people who are struggling or who are doing things that it doesn't necessarily mean, but of course you should take guidance from Sadr Saab, from the senior people, but I'm sure that on most occasions the advice you will receive will be to try and bring those people back into the fold and to try and show them some love and try and increase their attachment. The Jamaat one other thing that I've always seen from Hazur is that he has great respect for the Nizam of the Jamaat. And again, that's something that uh, we should always keep in mind. I remember just this year at Jalsa UK, there was a meeting with some Af American people, a group of MDs from America. And there was a lady from America, she raised her hand and she said to Hazur that each year in America at the Jalsa, we rent a site and it costs thousands of dollars, if not more, hundreds of thousands probably, to rent this site. We should instead find a piece of land in America and we should buy that land and host our Jalsas there. In the long run, it'll be much better. Hazur listened to her, but then Hazur said that I'm not going to impose this upon the American Jamaat. Rather, it's your job as a person, who's, as a member of the Jamaat who has this proposal to send it to the Shura. Then the Shura should deliberate over it. Then if they recommend it, or even if they don't recommend it, they'll send their report to me. Then I will look at it. That is the way to do these things. And so you should go back to America and, and deal with it like this. So again, this is just one small example of how Hazur always follows the Jamaat. Hazur is Khalifa Waqt. He can override any shura, any body. If Hazur had wanted there and then, he could have said that this is a good proposal, you must adopt it. But it's very rare that Hazur takes that step. Rather, Hazur always tries to train us in a way that the Nizam, which has been set up 
by the promised Messiah and the Khulafa should always be respected and followed and there are blessings in that. And um, I think uh, the time is very little. I've already taken more time than I wanted. So I'm just going to end with one final point. I um, met a young missionary this year, a few months ago, and Hazur, and he said to me he was struggling in his personal life a lot. He was facing a lot of problems. And one of the main problems was that he'd been dealing with some senior missionaries and senior office bearers. And he thought that they had treated him unfairly and unjustly. And this had really affected him in a negative way. He told me he was feeling a lot of depression. And he kept going over these things in his mind. And so one day I mentioned it to Hazur because he asked me, he said that if you ever get the chance, ask Hazur for prayers for me. So I did mention it to Hazur. And Hazur did not say that he's going to take serious action against the senior people. That's, that, that if Hazur does, I don't know. But what Hazur said to me, he said, tell that young person, that Murabi, two things. He said, first, always remember that if you have been wronged or if you feel any injustice but you are really in the right if you show patience and humility and just turn to Allah then Allah will speak on your behalf Allah will protect you and in the long term you will face no issues but you should be willing to bear this period with patience secondly Hazul said that if he has seen some weaknesses or flaws in his elders, then instead of deliberating over their mistakes, he should try to reform himself to make sure that these mistakes and these flaws and weaknesses do not carry on to the next generation and to make sure that he sets a good example for those that follow. And I was really struck by those words that where this person was feeling like a victim. Hazu challenged him to say that stop feeling like a victim. Rather, you should feel like somebody who should now be having seen this treatment, that you should be motivated, courageous, and determined to set an example for the next generation. And that's something, again, for all the Qudam here, that if there are some things that you see when you're working in the Jamaat, things that are problems, rather than complain needlessly or let it affect your own faith in some way. You should be motivated and know that you've taken bath of Khalifa Waqt. Look at his example. Is he treating everyone with love and care? Is he the most just person? Is he the most fair and loving person? Is he doing sacrifice after sacrifice for the sake of the Jamaat? Let's make him our role model. Let's follow him at all times. So. Sorry for taking too long. I didn't mean to. Jazakallah. And so, uh, however you like it. Sure. If anyone has any questions, good opportunity. If not, take it. Jazakallah. All right, Jazakallah, thank you. Oh, there is? I think it's just to make me feel better. <laughs>
Sound like a... I always forget the key incidents when the questions come. Not one incident that comes to mind, which I, I've, uh, always sticks in my mind about the way there is always truth and blessings in what Hazoo says. And it's not necessarily exactly according to your question, but I think it's good to repeat. Uh, when Hazoo was going to Canada in 2016, the Canada Jamaat, they sent a proposal beforehand for their six-week tour. And they said that in between, they made a plan to go to Quebec. And the reason they made a plan for Hazou to go to Quebec was that on Hazou's previous visit to Canada, Hazou had said that next time I want to go to Quebec because I've never been there. So because of this, the Jamaat did a lot of field work. They didn't have many contacts. <coughs> And they spent about five or six months making contacts with Canadian politicians, with local officials. And it got to the stage where they had, were able to arrange a sitting or a proper formal session in Quebec's state parliament. And the state parliament had requested that Hazul give an address. And the Canadian Jamaat were very excited by this and very happy by this. That on the one hand, Hazur had expressed a desire to go to Quebec. They were thinking that it would be difficult because they didn't have any contacts. But then through Allah's help and through their efforts, they were able to establish it. And they were able to send this proposal to Hazur. When Hazur was going through the itinerary for the trip, it was a six-week tour, Hazur approved everything almost. But when it came to the Quebec, Hazur put a big cross in it. And Hazou said, I'm not going to Quebec. And when the Canadian Jamaat received this, they were very, very shocked that Hazour had told us to go to Quebec, that he wants to go to Quebec. And then their Secretary Kharja, National Secretary Kharja, he phoned me up specially. And he said that, of course, we would not go against what Hazour has said, but we are very, very confused. And we worked so hard, and it's such a wonderful opportunity for Jamaat. And then anyway, but Hazu's decision was final, of course. Hazu went to Canada, the tour was ongoing, and then after about three weeks, the same Khadja secretary came up to me. And he said, and he was shaking, he was literally shaking. And he said that a few days ago, we were supposed to go to Quebec according to that original schedule. And, but of course, Hazu cancelled it. The MP or the state parliamentarian with whom we made contact yesterday and who had invited Hazu, yesterday he was arrested by the police and he was forced to resign because he was involved in some very bad scandal, personal scandal. And he said that two days ago, Hazu would have been photographed and there was so much media coverage, he said it would have been across the whole national media of Hazur stood with this person 
across the country and the next day he would have been caught in, up in this scandal. He said that if we had gone ahead, I would have been responsible for that. And now I understand that whatever Hazu says, there is so much blessings we should never ever question. And I went back and I told Hazul this. And Hazul said to me actually, he said that I don't, I, I don't know why, or Uswakat, why I cancelled it, but I just had a feeling that I shouldn't go there. And this is the way that Allah Ta'ala protects the honour and the dignity of Khalafat and protects the Jamaat. And again, that's something that I've seen on many occasions in my office as well, and, my, and seeing in other Jamaat as well, that sometimes Hazu will say something. Perhaps Hazu does not even have full control over why he's saying it. That's a, according to a higher being. And you might be confused, but as MD, especially as office bearers, it's our job to have blind faith in the decisions of Khalifa al-Masih. And then, inshallah, you always eventually see the blessings, and I've seen that on many other occasions as well. Okay. You've been listening to the MKA Vibe by Majlis Qudamal Ahmadiyya USA, America's oldest and largest Muslim male youth organization. Subscribe to get more of our weekly recap of the latest in Friday sermons, speeches, lessons from our respected Imams and wisdom from different sources. Tweet us your ideas and thoughts at Muslim Youth USA.